And so we're recording in three, two, one. Bumper music. Yeah. No, we don't have bumper music. Howdy. This is the Managing Expectation Podcast, a production of Pacific Century Media. I'm Jeff Winger. With me is my segundo, Jared Reiser. Howdy, Jared. Howdy. How was your day? Pretty good. Managing Expectation is our routine survey of interesting people and interesting things. Uh, we're going to talk about pop culture and the passing scene. So um, we were talking about some positive feedback that we got on our uh, beta episode, right? <laughs> I got to tell you, people that I talk to, you know, I, I'm a little self-conscious about uh, saying, oh, I've got a podcast because it sounds like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to move to Los Angeles and be a movie star. Except, except not quite because a lot of normal people have podcasts and I, it, there can't possibly be room for all of them. But um, A, I think that we're exceptional and B, you know, we've already established uh, expectations where I think that they need to be. It's going to be a very good podcast, but you know. Hey, uh, there's always there's always somebody better. And there's always somebody worse. So there you go. It, yeah, okay. All right, yeah. There's like that, uh, you, you ever heard the theory about the hundredth man? No matter how tough you are, there's like one man in a hundred who could take you to the woodshed. <laughs> I have heard that actually. Have you? Have you met him yet? Uh, no, not yet. I'm still waiting for him. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I'm telling Bring it. <laughs> if he's listening, bring it. Good for you. I've I've met him in practically every phase of my life. Steve Pritchett. <laughs> you know, let, let's not let's not use uh, uh, full names, but I'm telling you, there are a few people I would rather have with me in a bar fight. I mean, if if things got ugly, I just think that I'd be like the fox, or I'm sorry, is it the fox in? Uh, oh gosh, going blank. Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd be hanging on to the back of Steve Pritchett, you know? <laughs> well, he's... <laughs> well, there you go with the name again. I guess, you know, let's just... You want to you want to give his address, his phone number, too? I'm sorry. I meant... Uh, Creven... <laughs> Pritchett. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, um, unless you're from Asgard, you should know that it's a r raccoon. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. Right. I thought I thought Thor called him a fox. <laughs> no, I think they call him a rabbit on Asgard. <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> which, is, which is hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> All right, rabbit. You 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 must be the captain. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so um, uh, we've gotten some positive feedback. A lot of people are really excited. Uh, think that um, you know we have have some things to offer. You know, some uh, some insights, some interesting uh, uh, perspective on the on the on the scene. And let me tell you something else. I've reached out to some other friends 
uh, guys who a couple of guys that I'm I've talked to know more about music than they've oh wait I always get this expression messed up they've forgotten more about music than I've ever known and I know a lot about music it was essentially my religion through high school you know rock and roll buying records because why would you want to save for a rainy day in case your car broke down or anything like that so I bought a lot of records and then gave yeah. them gave them to a guy when I left Denver I think I think I'd like to say I mean I think I I can say I, I know a lot about music as well but not as much as you I don't go back to the record days but I remember the cassette days Ooh, <laughs> you're dating yourself there you know <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, they're both named Chris. So I got two Chris's uh, uh, on deck. And uh, I'm really looking forward to having like a, a bouncing ball round table uh, going with all of this. So uh, going to be going to be good. Uh, so we got some some good some stuff that's even better than you and me. <laughs> no. No. <yeah>. no. <laughs> Try to keep an open mind. Try to keep an open mind. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, what did you uh, let's see? Last night was Tuesday. So, what have you watched? Have you watched any movies since the last time we got together? Ooh. So, I did see Knives Out. Knives Out. I saw Knives Out. Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis. Pretty good. So here's the thing: is I'm not typically usually, you know, a fan of the murder mystery yeah. genre, yeah. right? But this was pretty good. This was this was it was funny, it was clever, and it had a nice it had a nice little twist at the. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it actually had a cool little uh, twist to it in the end, that which I I, I don't want to give away for anybody who's never no you know, seen it. No, we don't want to no. do that. Yeah. And there, I don't I don't know how, if you feel this way as well. But when it comes to Daniel Craig, I like I really do like him as an actor. I don't know if I have liked him that much as Bond. There's something about anytime he does a movie where he's not Bond, he to me is so charming. There's something about him. And he and he and he brings this in Knives Out as well. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, you know, he he made he was very public about not wanting to do Bond again, mm-hmm. and then they they like a bunch of money in his face. Packed up a Briggs <laughs> truck, and uh, yeah, apparently he's gonna go one more time. Um, I've okay, so so there's a movie that some people absolutely love called Logan Lucky. Right? Have you seen it? I ha- I have. Did you love it? I uh, I I really really liked it. I mean, I don't I don't know if I should say I loved it, but I mean, I I did re- I really liked the film. I enjoyed it. And I and I <laughs> this I think actually this is a good example of what I was talking about when Daniel Craig when you see him not being Bond and just having fun. He can be pretty he's actually a pretty funny guy. I, I, I know I know you've seen like the first five minutes of it. <laughs> I've watched the first half of it and I, and I just don't I don't see it. I don't get it. Um, I, I you know I don't 
I mean, Adam Driver could have something, but I don't. I don't know that I get it. I don't see it. He's no. He's no Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's, it's hard to pit anybody up against you know Chris Pratt. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but I do think Adam Driver does have. He has potential. He he recently hosted SNL and actually did an all right job. Yeah, I didn't. I. I'm kind of done. I, I, I mean, I, you know, you, okay. So let, before we get too far away of, on Daniel Craig, I guess the only things I've seen him do besides Bond have been playing American <laughs> characters from the South. And I don't know why uh, this British actor feels compelled to play a Southern gentleman well, I, guess, I guess Logan Lucky was was hardly a Southern gentleman. He was a redneck. Yeah, Logan Lucky, yeah, was was something different. <laughs> and I did, I do think that it is odd that he he's choosing to do that in Knives Out. Yeah, he's got that Southern, and the, and I don't, and I'm not saying he does a great Southern accent, but there's just there's something about him that you don't care that it's not that great. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and that actually contributes to the 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 humor you know of, of the film is his funny southern accent but you just you'll have to just wait and see um okay all right yeah uh, knives out seems like the sort of thing that i would wait to rent from itunes maybe um, right because uh, i'm not a a huge fan of murder mysteries either though uh, Mrs. Winger and I um, rented uh, Murder on the Orient Express when Kenneth Branagh has that like the craziest facial hair in the history of Hollywood. You know, I mean, it makes it makes uh, Klingon facial hair seem normal. <laughs> So, uh, um, yeah, so anyway, so um, you were talking about English actors doing Southern accents. Did you ever see Secondhand Lions? I did. See, so Robert like, Duvall. Michael Caine trying to do the Southern accent? Yes, Michael Caine. Uh, and I like, you know, you got to, you know, Michael Caine's terrific. Michael Caine is great. <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> It's nasally. It's not nasal enough the way you're doing it. You don't do, and you don't do the broken voice. She was only 16 years old. You are only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Yeah, so, like, I can't can't do Michael Caine by himself. I can only do Steve Coogan doing Michael Caine. Right. So it's like a copy of a copy. (laughs) <laughs> I find myself doing that a lot actually when I when I do imitate an actor it's because of how I heard somebody else say it yeah well some have you I mean you you saw that uh, from what was it called the trip the road trip something like right. that right yeah this is how Michael Caine speaks yep and the one guy does like a really good one and then Steve Coogan comes in and it was boom it's Rod, like unbelievable. Yeah, it's Rod Bryson and uh, Steve Coogan. Yep. Yeah, that. 
I saw that first movie, and then I started like the second one, which was like the trip to Italy. Yeah, yeah, it's not as good. It's not, it's as, not good. as good. As yeah, it's not as good. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to uh, strike lightning twice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what they say about podcasts as well. No, they don't say that about this podcast. <laughs> but, but, but we are managing expectations. <laughs> um, so. You know, there's a there's a sweet spot in podcasts, and we're hoping to uh, go 45 to 50 minutes uh, on uh, per episode. Uh, the new Jocko Willick podcast, the one that dropped this week. Okay, do you know who Jocko Willick is? Yep. Okay, so he's 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 kind of a big deal in podcasting circles, but he's he's just kind of a big deal because. He was a Navy SEAL. Um, he was he commanded men in the battle, uh, or he commanded Marines, or no, SEALs. Uh, oh, I love SEALs. Combatants in the uh, in the Battle of Ramadi, which was not great. Uh, right. And uh, now he's he's retired from the military, and he. Um, uh, is kind of like a, a a leadership consultant, and like he comes to your, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's got uh, and he and he hardly needs me to pimp his broadcast, but he's got like a, a, a consulting business. He's got a a podcast, um, and he's got uh, he went into business making American uh, apparel. So and it's like all um, like modern. Um, uh, like, uh, like if you if you like like combat combat gear, except it's like blue jeans. So it's like blue jeans with like a little give, a little stretch, in case you gotta like throw down and get jujitsu with some guy in the parking lot. No, and he's like he's like really into jujitsu. Yeah, I mean, do a a roadhouse round kick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Obvi okay. First of all, you're talking this way because you've never seen Jocko Willick. I believe he's the real deal. I absolutely do. No, I mean after you after you described him and and explained all that, I feel like we have no chance. <laughs> I feel like we have no chance now, Jeff. No, 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 no. Like, that's not my point. I'm just saying some guys are easy to dismiss because I mean like. I mean, isn't it kind of hard to take Jesse Ventura uh, serious after he's been a wrestler, you know, and then the governor of Minnesota? But I mean, that yeah. guy really was a Navy SEAL in um, in Vietnam. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy who wrote books. Uh, he like he wrote a, a memoir or two, but then he also wrote these like rogue warrior books uh, that were selling and like they're they're kind of like men's adventure, but you could find them in the mystery section of a good bookstore of a bookstore. And uh, he had this embarrassing ponytail, and uh, you know I saw him through like the late eighties and the nineties. He was all over the place. Well, when I was working for our mutual friend Paul, I ran into a guy who was a security agent at one of the big high rises in town and he was a navy seal with this richard marchenko and 
he says, yeah, don't let that stupid ponytail fool, fool you. That guy is a stone-cold killer. I mean, he's like the real deal. And so, you know what? Who am I to say he's not? So, whatever. Anyway, Jocko Willick's podcast this week was four and a half hours long. <laughs> wow. So if I'm ever on a, a drive from here to Alabama, maybe I'll t- check out one of those those episodes. Don't, don't, pre- <laughs> don't pretend you don't vacation regularly. <laughs> well, I usually fly and I'm there in like, you know, two hours. <laughs> when you go to Destin, do you fly? So the last time I went to Destin, yes, I flew, but it really is not a bad drive though. To get to Destin from, from Texas is about 11 hours. So it's not too bad of a road trip. Yeah. Because, uh, see, I I always uh, had a ball going down to the Gulf Coast. I was I, I like Port Isabel, which is like the affordable side and opposite of uh, South Padre Island, which is great as long as you're not there on spring break. Um, but a friend of mine said, well, that's okay, but you could be in Destin in the same amount of time. And it's like a hundred times nicer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know I've seen I've seen quite a few beaches because of you know my brother-in-law working for American Airlines, so I've got to see some nice beaches. And Destin, or, it's, we could uh, just say airline and airline because yeah, an airline. Yeah, they're not paying us. There's there's what no. Did, what, what did I say? <laughs> there's no commercial <laughs> consideration being paid here. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anyways, there the 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 beaches of of uh, yeah in the Gulf of Mexico near near Destin in the Destin area, the Pensacola in Fort Walton area, beautiful, just clear clear water, white sand, and I think it's the sand that really it really sells you. It's just unbelievable how much white sand you see and the beach fronts are the be- the beach fronts are huge i mean from the ocean back to the uh, you know the hotel or the beach house you're staying at i mean it's like a half a mile of white sand aren't they developing it like crazy yeah it is uh, it's not it's not like what it used to be yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of condominiums that have gone up and hotels it's it's not the same but uh, but it's still i mean if, if you don't want to fly out of the country you know you want to stay you know stay in the u.s it's 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 worth it is it does it have does it have a branson kind of feel (laughs) a branson kind of feel Uh uh-huh like you know like every like there's some dinner theater kind (laughs) of kind of a vibe kind of a (laughs) kind of a cracker barrel uh, (laughs) hobby lobby kind of feel no I mean I feel like get that more when you go a little further south into Florida Um, I don't don't, don't know because you can't really go south from Destin or or else you're in the Gulf of Mexico (laughs) so like if, if you were to go maybe more towards you know West Palm you start, you know, you, you go. No, Those, that, no. The everybody knows the panhandle's the redneck part, and if you go, what? 
No, I mean it's okay, called so, the Redneck Riviera. You've well, never heard. I mean, I mean, I don't see that. <laughs> what do you call me, a redneck? <laughs> Those are my people. You know who's you know Jerry. Do you know who else is our people? Are uh, uh, the folks at uh, All of a Dream Comics and Books in in uh, Denver, Colorado? <laughs> For over thirty five years, All in a Dream has been adding to the intellectual and cultural firmament of the Mile High City. All in a Dream has a stunning catalog of Silver Age and Bronze Age comics and the best selection of classy graphic novels the side of the Library of Congress. Graphic novels, Jared, are the- Oh, wow! Are the, that would be so exciting if I were a nerd. A Sorry. Little, a little respect, okay? <laughs> graphic novels are the best way to remember the stories of your youth without having to explain to the women in your life what you're doing with all these comics. <laughs> all in a Dream is in Denver, Colorado. They can be reached at area code 303-333-8616. All in a Dream Comics and Books, 303-333-8616. The, the loading has begun. So you, you uh you think that that promotion that uh that could have gone a little smoother? Is that what I'm getting from you? A little bit. A little okay. bit. But hold on, let me get my pen. Could you repeat that? <laughs> Sorry. You Sorry. know what? <laughs> when we figure out how to do show notes, we're going to put that in the show notes too. How do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Carry on. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh no. Uh, we're, we're done with that for now. We'll uh, we'll revisit our uh, our generous uh, sponsor uh, a little later. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, when do I get to meet him? <laughs> do you ever go through Denver on your way to the mountains? No, but I I fly to Denver a lot. And then do you rent a car? And then I rent a zip car and uh, start heading to Boulder. What's a zip car? So I forget which company uses zip car, but that's what Louie uses, where you pay a certain you, you, amount. Louie, your brother-in-law. My Louie, my brother-in-law. Not just some Louie. Uh, my brother-in-law, you pay a certain amount per year to have this service where he has a card on him. And when we take the bus from the, or the shuttle from the airport to the car rental, we don't have to get in line. He already knows what car we have. He knows the license plate and you use this card and you, there's something on the windshield where when you lay the card over, it, it unlocks the, the car. And then you, the keys are in the car, you get in it and you go. So it's not a new rental car company. It's just a company that utilizes the other right. rental car agencies. Yeah, and I can't think of uh, off the top of my – I'll have to ask him. I can't remember who, who it is that does the zip car. But, okay. but yeah, that's basically, but that's basically how it works. Like super, super easy. You know, if you're wanting to – because that's usually how we 
how we do it. When we go in, we're, we're short on time, so we we get there, we get to the car, get in the car, go. Sometimes we do a day trip. It's just a day trip to Denver. And then we come we get get there early in the morning, come back in the evening. But you don't you don't really go to Denver, do you? Or I mean, so we'll, have you, we'll do you spend, spend time we'll spend, in Denver? Just just a little bit. You know, I have spent a lot of time in I've I've stayed in Denver. I've stayed in Denver a few times. Um, but a lot of times we tend to head more towards the Boulder area. <clears throat> Seriously. Right, yep. What do you what do you go to Boulder for? So, the, one of the I know this is going to sound crazy, not not to everyone though, but we go to Colorado mainly for beer. They Colorado makes some of the best craft beer in the world ever. I I, I and I'm willing to I, and I'm not afraid to say that I think they're better than California. I'm sorry. I know California has more breweries, but Colorado has some of the best breweries in the world. And really? so we have we have flown in to in one day, flying in a day, we buy beer that we can't get here and we bring it back home. We've done it many times. Okay, which is which is an extravagance that you can do because your brother-in-law works for an airline, and right? You, and you get a very discounted. Uh, are, well, are, I fly for I fly for free. I'm his. Uh, okay, I'm his registered companion. Uh, okay, well, we, okay. <laughs> I'm glad your wife's broad-minded. <laughs> well, she works Saturday, so I mean, it's not like she can go anyways. Okay. So, so um, uh, that's that's interesting, though. Uh, really, you just can't you you you, uh, you you just can't find a brewery in within like say fifty miles that that. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of breweries here, you know, with in the in the DFW area, and there are some decent ones, but some of the best beers that that we we've, we've had. I'm I, I'm telling you. I, you got to be a beer guy, and you got to be into this new craft scene that's come along over the last, you know, decade or two, where they're starting to age beers in in barrels, you know, whiskey barrels, bourbon barrels, rum barrels, tequila barrels. It's taken beer to another level that it's just. I know you don't drink, so it's 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 hard to talk to you about it. But it's not hard to talk to me about it. I mean, you know, I've I've drank enough beer to sink a battleship, and Furthermore, I was in Portland, Oregon, uh, in the late '90s when a lot of this stuff was blowing up. You know, uh, there was a Widmer beer uh, up there. Maybe you've come across it. They had a Hef. They had something with some damn berry in it. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they. I've 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 partaken. You know, it's true. It's true. Uh, you know, I probably drank more. Budweiser uh, but uh, you know if it's good enough for the Hells Angels it's good enough for me <laughs> or, or it was <laughs> so yeah so anyways uh, you know I'll do a little I'll do a little shout out to a brewery in Colorado and, and a lot of people will know who this brewery is but the Avery Brewery in Boulder Colorado 
they've been making some beers that actually are no longer in production, but they started making them, oh, it, it maybe close to 15 years ago, they started doing things that nobody else was doing. And I still have some of these beers aging in my closet because they, they clock around 16 to 20% alcohol. So you can age them like you age wine. And that to me, they Seriously, are. They don't get skunky? No. I've got some that are marked 2008, 2009, and 10. All the way, all the way up to twelve, you know, from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve, still taste unbelievable, and I think they're still they're still ahead of their time. Everybody thought they were ahead of their time back then. I still think there are breweries that still aren't doing what they were doing fifteen years ago. It it's unbelievable. Well, how about that? Yeah, yeah, but I I, I seriously probably have about fifty of their beers aging in a closet of mine that I keep nice and cool, just like a, a wine cellar. Uh, that's, uh, that seems so excessive, but I guess it's, a guy's got to have a hobby. <laughs> Beer is my hobby, Jeff. Okay. All right. You know what? Let me take that back. Alcohol is my hobby. Well, that's great. <laughs> uh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Winston Churchill said, uh, I've taken more out of alcohol than it's taken out of me. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy too. But <laughs> Churchill, okay, look, I think historians <laughs> would say that maybe Churchill was uh, uh, taking, it, taking it easy on himself. Um, I think... Uh, <laughs> um, but but as for me, it was getting too close to call. So it was just time for me to hang it up. So that's all. No big deal. Um, so I'm surprised you take it. Okay, so have you ever taken the train from the Denver um, uh, airport into downtown? I have once. I've only... Yeah, I've only done that once. But usually we end up... Uh, we usually end up either taking that... Uh, the zip car I was talking about, or we, or we Uber. I mean, we, uh, honestly, when we travel, most of the most of the time, we end up just using Uber. Okay, you like you like Uber rather than Lyft. I mean, we've used we've used both. It just kind of depends. Yes. Okay. Um, did you know that neither of those companies have made one nickel of profit? I, that is interesting. Yeah, I. I don't get it. It's like how are they still how are they still operating? <laughs> it, it seems like there's a lot of companies, a lot a lot of uh, companies tap into investors who think that this company or this platform, I guess this company, is going to be like Amazon and not show uh, any profit for. 20 years and then suddenly owns the world yeah 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 uh, but yeah how many how many how, how much room i mean how many amazons do you think they can be i know right yeah it is interesting it does make you wonder like how they how are they able to to well, continue well, on they, and you know, 
but there's competitors too out there. Did like you, you said, lift. Did you hear about this place called WeWork? No. Okay, so it was like, it was a place where you could like rent uh, a post office box and you could reserve an office and you could reserve like a conference room. And so like you could play, you, you could have a place to have official, uh, official work surroundings. Uh, but then, um, but then, you know, like even if most of your time you're working out of a coffee shop, right? So, right. Uh, so the guy who is the founder of WeWork was just like a nut and did like all sorts of extreme stuff. And they would have like Margarita Mondays and like they just had all these frills and whistles. And it kind of turned out to be a lot of millennials just like hanging out. Um, and there wasn't a lot of work getting done. And it turned out that. <laughs> So about the time WeWork was going to go public, I think that I, I don't know if they went public or were going to go public, but the financing just absolutely dried up and there was just nothing um, there. And and so these places that never make any money at some point, there's like a, a point of no return and like people either give you money or they don't. And in the case of WeWork, they didn't. And I think that if you're, you know, if you're looking at, Uber or Lyft. I mean, obviously, there's people who know a lot more about this than I do, but I, just, I don't, you know, it, I do kind of believe that that which can't go on won't go on. Huh. So, so the owner of WeWork would provide like a a space for people to, you know, to do their work, but it was in a more comfortable surrounding. Is that what you're saying? It was. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, so not like in the office office, but it's just kind of more like, like you said, like being in a coffee shop kind of deal. More okay, set, yeah. Kind of set. All right. So I, I kind of confused two things. One is the lifestyle of the, of the founder of WeWork was quite outrageous and controversial, but leaving, <sighs> leaving that aside, the environment of a WeWork was, I, I, I guess it was trying to duplicate the extravagances of um, of like some of the the tech giants. So you you know you hear stuff about how like you know like Facebook and Google have got like ping pong rooms and they've got beanbag chairs and they've got you know free lattes and stuff like that. Well. Mm -hmm. I believe that WeWork was trying to duplicate that zany, free-flowing work environment, and then okay. and then it just and and like. But the fact of the matter is, unless you're just chained to your desk, unless you got somebody like telling you you got a deadline, most people would rather hang out in beanbag chairs and drink and flirt. And uh, that's exactly what was going on. <laughs> so, so then you know, then like, so like these these startups that were utilizing WeWork were folding, and and not as many people were using WeWork, and it, it and people started to see through, uh, started to see the emperor's new clothes for what it was, which is he was buck naked. 
Okay. 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 Yeah, I was just, I, the reason I'm asking is, you know, so my brother-in-law lives in some apartments in near downtown Fort Worth, and it seems like it's becoming common for a lot of the apartment buildings, you know, below they'll have a lot of retail, they'll have restaurants and stuff underneath, right? Right. But, but I've noticed, too, these areas where people can rent out these spaces to work, where they don't have to actually be... You know, I guess these are ones who can who can work for home from home if they want, but they choose to they choose to be in in more of a surrounding that's similar to work, but a little more comfortable. You know, they'll have a little coffee shop inside or something like that, and you and then you're surrounded by other people. So I was wondering if that was if it, that was something kind of similar. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's exactly it, and I think that there are reputable places uh, that do that. You know, they, that offer receptionists uh, where you can have an office um, where, um, y- you know, for an important meeting, you know, if you don't want to just meet in a, in, a, in a coffee shop, but, you know, want to put on a more professional front, you know, you can meet in a place like this. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely useful, but, you know, imagine, you know, whatever, meeting the president of the bank and you got... Caitlin and and <clears throat> you know whoever I'm choking on another kid name but um, <laughs> you know you get a cut yeah you know you have a couple of young people you know <laughs> running around playing super soaker with one another and then they're gonna chalk it up to you know part of the creative process. Oh well, yeah. We're not in billing. We're we're not in accounts. We're in creative. Okay. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, Don Draper and Peggy Olson, get in there and do some work. You know. Yeah. So three three shots of scotch and then get to work. <laughs> um. So um. Uh, how are we doing? So, uh, I need to, uh, uh, we want to take just a moment, uh, to show some, uh, respect to some people who are actually, uh, doing some business, who are actually making some money. And that's, uh, all in a dream comics and books in Denver, Colorado for over mm-hmm. 35 years. All in a dream has been adding to the intellectual and cultural firmament in the Mile High City. All in a Dream has a stunning catalog of uh, Silver Age and Bronze Age comics and uh, more classy graphic novels than you can shake a stick at. So uh, graphic novels remain the best way to uh, relive those stories of your youth. The modern mythology that is the can comic book canon um, and you can get almost all of them uh, at uh, Mile High Comics and Books in Denver, Colorado All in a Dream can be reached at area code 303-333-8616 that's 303-333-8616 All in a Dream Comics and Books the loading has begun so uh, as we're winding down here, uh, I noticed that y- y- you're not 
you're not as respectful to uh, um, my uh, my friend who has the comic book uh, bookstore, uh, and yet you've seen all the Marvel movies. <laughs> Is there? Uh, oh, are you? Are, did you crack open one of your aging beers? No, making me another uh, take on the Negroni. <laughs> okay, um, so so how do you? Is it just a, a fear of the written word that has you, uh, uh, you know, willing to go see a movie about the Avengers? But uh, you scoff, you you ridicule. Uh, indeed, you hold in contempt and disdain anybody that would have a uh, an Avengers graphic novel. So I, I actually I have owned a few comics, but I think you've told me before that some of the the greatest you know comics and and you know the dark what do you call them dark dark novels graphic novels <laughs> sorry graphic novels. <laughs> dark novels <laughs> whatever <laughs> you said some some of the best were written like uh like in the 70s more it was maybe more 60s 70s is is that what you said correct uh, i i i would say that i would stand by that though um two so, of 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 note two of note were uh written in the 80s and that's the watchman and uh the dark knight okay so the only reason I've ever seen The Watchmen and The Dark Knight was because you, you lent me the graphic novel before, which which was good. But you do have to, you know, take into consideration that I was born in '79, so I grew up with, I, I I grew up. My peers weren't a lot of my peers were not fans of comics, so I just I was never around those who who were into them, and I and I never really developed a no your your, your friends were playing video games and uh, no no, instead of reading and and giving themselves uh (laughs) phallic centric names instead of reading you know nerdy comic books we were outside playing you know things like have you heard of baseball basketball things like that football you've never played (laughs) baseball in your life all three of those i used to play so Yes, I was outside playing sports. Is that right? <laughs> I was. Yeah. I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. I was. I wasn't. Uh, you know. I think I was. I was a nerdy kid growing up, but I wasn't that type of. Not that type. No. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't the smart nerd. <laughs> I was what you call a jock nerd. Is there is there such thing? <laughs> well, I was the I was the coolest uh, of the nerds. If that maybe maybe that makes a little more sense, or maybe you were the most studly homeschooled kid in your household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. All right. Well, anyway, no, no, no. I, I know that you know. Like, like I said, I read the the Watchmen, the and the, and the Dark Knight uh, graphic novel, and that was good. That was that was really good. It actually made me, you know. It made me feel I, I I had missed out on some of the. Uh, you know. Well, they're not all that good. Uh, in, in fact, the guy who did Dark Knight, like, did a Dark Knight two, and it was it was crazy how bad that was. I mean, he just like did all sorts of 
just took uh, uh, <laughs> you know the art was unusual experimental and I don't think it worked and um, uh, he you know turned a couple of heroes into villains and yeah, it was just wild um, um, so so uh, yeah the thing is both of those are examples now, I don't know uh, you know uh, there are people who are watching the watch the new Watchmen TV show on right. HBO I, I I have no idea what that's about um, you know the the DC movies haven't been as successful and both of those are DC products um, both of them are filtered through Zack Snyder who's the director who did I think I think he's on the map because he did 300 and what so <laughs> yeah I mean I gotta I gotta tell you so the yeah he he ruined the DC the DC series in the in the films anyway so yeah why is Superman so weird I mean I, I don't get it he should be the happiest guy in the world he had he had he grew up in a in a fine place he had a great mom and dad and you yeah. know he was like a total stud and then they they cast Kevin Costner to play a totally uptight. Pa Kent and um, <laughs> I did watch I did watch uh, Justice League uh, last week and um, <laughs> it was the best of well okay so the Wonder Woman movie what? was a good movie I, I enjoyed it and yes. honestly I could probably uh, enjoy like two hours of Gal Gadot reading from the phone book I, I think that would be fine. <laughs> or she doesn't even have to be really doing anything. Just just smiling, you know, uh, at the camera. She's got a winning <laughs> smile. There's no question about it. What What about? Uh, did you get it? Did you ever get to see Aquaman? No, no, I never got to. Uh, it, so, I'm sorry. So I I liked Wonder Woman, but I think I liked Aquaman better than Wonder Woman. Are you kidding? Yeah, there's something about uh, I'm going blank on his name right now. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. <clears throat> yeah, there's something about him. He's super likable guy. He plays a. He just plays this cool, tough guy. I think he. I think he uh, knocked it out of the park. Didn't that movie have sharks with lasers on them? Yeah, and that's exactly what Doctor Evil always wanted. You know, sharks with laser beams <laughs> attached to their heads. <laughs> Dad, I have a gun in my room. Why don't we just Why don't we just go shoot it? <laughs> you know what, Scott? You You just You don't get it. You just don't get it. <laughs> I'm telling you, give Aquaman a try. Okay, give so Aquaman you're you're saying that Doctor Evil's plan wasn't able to reach fruition until the Aquaman. He didn't have the, the CGI back then to... <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so have you ever, did, you, did you ever see the, the first James Bond movie, Dr. No, with Sean Connery? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so so remember like how <laughs> cheesy those science, that, that those special effects look? Yeah. So I mean that was the gag with Mike Myers. I mean he just had like 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 refrigerator boxes 
with like blinking <laughs> lights on them. He's like, you're just gonna leave them, and they're they're gonna escape. He's like, no, I'm just yeah, I'm just gonna look away and hope everything goes to plan. <laughs> You know, it's cheesy. I know that they're cheesy to watch now, but I remember growing up watching. My dad was a big fan of of all the Bond movies. We, I remember watching them together with my dad, with with Connery. You know, through. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going. I, I'm going blank on uh, some of the uh, the Roger other names. Moore. <laughs> so Roger Moore's. Yeah, we went through Connery and Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, and on through. You know Pierce Brosnan. We we always watched them, you know, t- t- together. And I remember grow, growing up really liking the ones with Connery, with Sean Connery. You know, I but I watch them now, and I know they're kind of cheesy now. But I mean, they were a lot of fun to watch back then. Yeah, but Sean Connery was far and away the coolest Bond. And, <laughs> oh yeah, super and, cool guy. And honestly, none of them hold up very well over the years. Um, no. There's uh there's one with Roger Moore and I can't remember which one this is, but he's is it the one with Christopher Walken. <laughs> I think and, was, and Grace Jones. You know, I don't think I ever saw that one. I mean, uh, this is true. So when it came out in the '80s, and I'm guessing '84, um, I saw it at a drive-in, and wow. I don't know. I'm sure that there was beer and I have no idea how that movie went. I mean, I don't remember Christopher Walken. Grace Jones was just, I, that chick's crazy. I, I don't know what her deal is. <laughs> Christopher Walken plays a great, great bad guy though. Bob, what are you doing? Put down your gun. <laughs> we could be friends. You and I are a lot alike. <laughs> is that actual dialogue <laughs> no no I'm just you know, <laughs> as we go alright well we both like guns and women <laughs> and bears <laughs> and bear suits also <laughs> alright well gonna... you fooled me you fooled me on my podcast, which you get to be on. And so, um, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're running it down. So, um, let's, 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 uh, wrap it up there. So we've got some place to pick it up next time. Assuming that, uh, we'll be a next time, assuming that there'll be a next time, assuming that, uh, we can overcome the 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 terrible audio that your inferior quality <laughs> equipment brings to the proceedings. Um, you know, I just don't think that a a foam baffler is gonna gonna kill you. But uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right. So listen, um, this has been managing expectations. The podcast that is a. Uh, survey of the passing scene and in pop culture uh i'm jeff winger uh with me is jared riser yes the the uh nightingale of negronis tonight <laughs> and uh <laughs> until next time we 
we uh, we bid you adieu. And remember, everybody, let's get to work. <laughs>